Hello everybody, I'm your host Nazarbina and this is the Omnichannel podcast brought to you by Omnichannel X, where we interview leading minds in content design, governance and systems from around the world. If you like this episode, remember to like and subscribe on whatever channel you're using and check out omnichannelx.digital for more info on our annual conference, blog and mailing list for exclusive offers and content. Now enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is uh, Nazarbina uh, on the Omnichannel podcast from Omnichannel X. Uh, I'm here today with uh, part two of this two-part episode with Timmy Stope Alcala, uh, Principal Content Strategist from IKEA. Here we'll talking, be talking about the future um, of the metaverse and uh, what uh, IKEA has been doing with it, what it means for content and how we think about it and how we manage it um, and how you can get started. Uh, without any further ado, I hope you enjoy the show. So what what, do, what does IKEA want to do next? What are your kind of longer term goals? Do you have any specific um, uh, thoughts about where you think that you're going to take uh, the metaverse? Well, um, for experience design, at least in um, one of our centers of ex expertise, actually, is the strategic experience design and research uh, team. And there you by the way, um, a lot of interesting folks there that maybe you would love to connect with. <laughs> and um, um, we are partnering, we are collaborating with them on, on just on the whole, you know, emerging tech and what are the driving factors uh, for change that we need to, to look at because we're always looking at it from the human perspective, right? And um, in terms of next steps, I can only speak for what we uh, what we think is important right now, and that is really to, to generate understanding and a framing of what it is and why is it important for us and how is this going you know, to help and support um, the many people. Um, and so- So that, that's internally actually, within IKEA, you're trying to build yeah. that understanding. Yeah, because there's message. a lot of teams, of course, research teams and product teams that are looking into spatial computing, you know, and of course, uh, also in touch with um, with other uh, partner with other with other uh, companies on more on the technology side. But um, in my team, in experience design, it's about let's create first um, a shared language mm -hmm. around this. Let's understand what it means, um, and let's ask critical questions. And then also that's why we're partnering with our, with our uh, strategy and research uh, friends. Um, what's the content perspective here? Um, because I think most of the times, you know, when you start talking about metaverse, it's really about, the, it becomes about the technology mm -hmm. and, you know, the platform and everything, but, you know, it's really about content, right? Um, I think, was it you who said it? I hope I'm not quoting you incorrectly that, what is the metaverse, but content it's made of content it's it's, <laughs> it's a, made it's of a, content right it's a world made of like, content and that whole thinking around um um i think there's also a, a big a need to okay let me rephrase it we're, we start with the shared understanding a common language because we need once we understand it then then we need to see um what are the changes that we have to to do or to undergo for mm -hmm. us to be ready uh, to be successful and deliver experiences in the metaverse. Um, and, and then, then we go into the path of, um, you know, mind, mind shifts and behavior change in the way we create content. Then it becomes more tangible because this problem is a problem now. Like how do we start changing the way we think 
and, and create content. Um, it's already a challenge now. I think it's even going to be more, you know, a, a challenge if we do not start thinking of how um, this is going, uh, how the how metaverse is going to change this, or what what would be demanded for us to really be relevant in in this space, uh, because we don't want to just create just you know content for the metaverse. Um, it needs to matter. Metaverse for right? metaverse's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's exactly why we uh, like, let's talk about this and let's have conversations and let's start with defining things. And even just the definition, um, it's, it's, there's a lot of, it's hard to, to define it. Um, mm -hmm. It's changing, but mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a great start, like what you, how you've defined it. And then also, okay, what is important for us? How do we start working for this? How do we prepare? Like, let's have those 3D assets in place. That's great. But other things like how do we um, can you imagine what would be the pipeline you know for for metaverse content um, and what are we doing now what needs to you know what needs to change so it's a lot about change management I think and <laughs> it's not new and then that that notion of something like uh, high tech low metaverse suddenly you know gets pulled to the ground because then you realize oh you have to work with teams and people. What do they need to understand this? So mm -hmm. remember from um, uh, when social media, you know, started evolving and then business didn't know how to work with it. Um, and there were a lot of doubts. Can it be, you know, part of a core, you know, proposition? You know, it's just it's something outside. But now everybody knows. It, it, well, it was the, the whole it. thing. It was cat videos and, and, and you know, hey, yeah. kids and et cetera. Hey, but it was, cat videos it was irrelevant. Persist, right? <laughs> Sorry, Gwen? Cat videos still persist. The power of oh. uh, cats and internet. Um, I think that's the ultimate content strategy. <laughs> but <laughs> now, kid, kidding aside, uh, yeah. The, now that we are, we are faced kind of with the same thing, I feel like uh, in terms of day to day, you know, uh, work. What what does this mean in terms of for a center of expertise? What do we need to do? Um, how do we start educating, or how do we start getting people curious and looking at it as something that also is interesting for them because mm -hmm. i think if you're not working directly with either the tech or you know if you're in the in the store for example uh how is it going to be relevant for you um it is going to be relevant because you're in the physical space and that's why it's exciting mm. um then just uh making sure that we we know what we're talking about and then understanding um the changes that needs to happen and also start looking at content really as objects. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and by that, I mean, um, they are representations of real things in the world. They're not just a thing that we um, like think uh, or invent uh, because we think, oh, this is going to fit this nice um, you know, component on the screen. Um, it really needs to be based on real world concepts and relationships because that's going to help mm -hmm. us develop better metaverse experiences. And, and to, to, um, uh, to extend the thought, that's why I think also storytelling as a core competence mm. needs to really be developed. And I know storytelling is already, you know, everybody knows how important it is. Well, but hopefully. For, <laughs> for the metaverse, really, it does take on a, like a, you know another dimension because um we need to start thinking of the in the meantime parts of the story you know not not everything will be chronological mm -hmm. and you know um especially if we want a, 
our participants, our users to have shared experiences, how do we really design um, this environment better and the whole yeah, story behind it? So all the mechanisms of storytelling, I feel like we need to, you know, we need to look at that again and how will this apply to the way we think about metaverse experiences? Um, yeah, so those two things, because not everybody's still understanding, I think, or appreciating how content should be structured um, into, you know, these intelligent building blocks. And these are building blocks of the stories that you want to create and the experiences you want to create in the metaverse. I love that. So you touched on so many things there. First of all, I want to I want to tell people that if they look, uh, if they Google for uh, New York Times Interactive, you can get several uh, lovely examples, and I'll try to put them in the show notes about um, um, uh, where you can see as simple as, for example, uh, tracking climate change data. Um, and that you know you can as you as you scroll down through the different regional descriptions of the climate change data, it's being superimposed on this three d globe that kind of rotates to the countries that the regions that they're talking about and overlays the data on the on the on the maps and stuff. And then um, there's a beautiful example about birds, where as you scroll down, the 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 birds that they're talking about kind of are there and they, they, they flutter around. And if you move your mouse, they kind of just they'll bob their heads in reaction to I'm interaction. So curious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's and then we were talking to very telling, really important, like New York Times weighty stories. There's they oh. they do a, they do a, they do a piece on the Tulsa race massacre which again is like the human trafficking story these are real deep yeah. human stories uh and they um and they transport you through uh you know a significant historical event and what the way that they kind of show respect for this to try to make it a real thing is that they mm -hmm. they instead of scrolling down a story like scrolling down an article page, yeah. you're, as you scroll, they, well, I, I try to describe it as they've reimagined the scroll as a hallway. And you, yeah. you walk through the story at the pace mm -hmm. that you want. And as you walk through, you know, images come up and text comes up. And, and then at, at, at a key point where you get into just to understanding what, what Tulsa was and what happened to it, you, you're actually doing a flyover um, or a walkthrough of the town right. itself and you know that the buildings right. light up and you you see what who lived there and who, who had a business there and what happened to them and you kind of walk yeah. through the, the 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 main street of the town and and you can stop at any point you can go walk backwards walk forwards and this is all being done with with the control of the scroll bar um and yeah. so it's it's a it's an incredible they've they're like the 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 people at the New York Times Interactive Department are a great place to see how metaverse future-friendly experiences are being developed for all sorts of reasons, um, um, right. important social and historical reasons, uh, simply communicative ones, uh, or, or there's a great variety there. If you want to check those out, I really recommend those. I'll, I'll definitely check those out. And I think you touched on something also very, again, another great thing to help prepare uh, teams for this is look at great examples, but also look at other examples. Just try to see what, where are we right now? And yeah, we'll start from there because I think that's also where, you know, seeing those things, experiencing those things will spark, you know, the connections. Yeah, you know, what can we do with this? Gaps. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I think uh, and you also touched about something super important, which is this intelligent content in the background. Um, yep. So the, uh, it, that connects with, it connects in a very important way because it connects with a, with a user-driven, experience-driven way with a very technical concept, which is the, it, we're seeing the rise of, of uh, in the mainstreaming, I should say, because it's been around for decades, of mm -hmm. domain modeling, content modeling, semantic web, yes. uh, ontologies, um, uh, graph databases, all these technologies that have a human-centered understanding of the content. They don't understand it as pages and widgets, but rather as what it actually is and how it relates to itself. So there's such a thing as a, as a piece of furniture and furnitures have types and they have rooms that they go in and they have uses and, the, and those uses go with personas and, and tasks and those, ta those, those personas have interactions and that ha interactions have interaction data, which then drives personalization. Like the full web of the, the understanding and the full complexity of content, you can't do that very well in a page-based environment. No, um, no, and so yeah. the graph, you know, I'm not going to get into graph databases, but graphs and ontologies, a lot of taxonomies, all a lot of these words, semantic web, a lot of these words that you might be hearing, they are all the way that we do that. They're all the way that we bring that human understanding into the technology so that it can it can help us build human-centric experiences. That is, that is so crucial. And our theme really is into finding ways to collaborate with, um, you know, finding ways to work with our knowledge graph. So IKEA is also developing a knowledge, knowledge graph. graph because ex exactly because of this, that we need, um, how else can we, um, how else can we sustain actually content development? I think um, if we do not start treating it as knowledge resources and uh, turning it into connected, you know, content. Um, and so uh, for me, so, you know, weaving these conversations around, okay, we prepare for the future. And why is, uh, you know, why do we start to look at content as objects? Well, this is, this is why um, it's all about um, especially with IKEA, it's knowledge and home furnishing. You know, how do we make sure that this is this knowledge is accessible, uh, reusable, findable? And then how do we turn? How do we use that? You know, to turn our content into smarter, really building blocks, aware of itself, and knows will will help. You know, will work harder for us. And that's really a, sh a big shift um, in the whole thinking about about content. And that's one of the challenges that we're facing today. How to, you know, how do we do that? How how do we you know? Let's show examples. How can we start with that? Yes, <laughs> again, so what, very practical things. <laughs> yeah, so I I I'll, I'll I'll bring in the concept that has been very successful. The concepts that have been very successful for us on our implementations with companies like IKEA is uh, journey mapping and jobs to be done. Oh, like really yeah. getting a good research research backed um, methodical description of who are we talking about. What are they really trying to accomplish? And then what does their experience look like? What is the map of that experience today? Not those stupid diagrams you get on the internet of like a line where like, mm -hmm. I see an email yeah. newsletter and then I click a thing and then I look at a brochure yeah. and, and now I do a download with the smiley faces and stuff, but something much more rich that maps the user questions to their goals, to the channels that they're using, to the specific content requirements that support those goals and then what call to actions you want to do and then how you will measure success like that's what I, when i say journey map that's what i'm talking about i love um, that especially the questions part I, yeah I, we, we kind of forget about that and that's directly related to content 
a pool of big, beautiful questions. We yes. need that. <laughs> exactly. So questions over time, you know, it's an equation. Questions over time. Questions over time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so um, that's how that's how we help put it all together in a way that kind of gets the like everyone in the company can kind of get that. Here are the questions mm. over time. Here's what we're what we're trying to address uh, over time. Um, rather than here's what we want to publish, which is a com the completely backwards way. Like, here's what I want to scream about exactly. is the old way of, think of doing content. Um, here's yeah. the questions we're trying to answer in for our user to help them towards our objective. That's the, the modern way of thinking about that. And then it maps directly to then, okay, well, if this is their question, what's the component of content that might answer that? And how, what are the different ways that I need to express that answer out? Am I going to do PDFs, exactly. uh, images, uh, text, uh, metaverse, uh, you metaverse. know, 3D environments? <laughs> yeah. You know, there might be many expressions of how they might, how and where that might answer that question, but the question r remains consistent because that's what the person is trying to, yeah. to answer to get them to their next stage. So that's the super helpful. Remains relevant. Yeah. Yes, it's it's and the end of it kind of it it brings content to the front through a user experience lens, um, you know, and, and then the next thing we do is, is, is what we call content prototypes, which is actually before we get into designing interfaces and doing UI prototypes and building software prototypes, let's just take the words and the images and say, if we were to make this right. into a different kind of experience, how would we then break it down? So we've got our questions over time. So, all right, how would we answer them? Let's take what we currently have, transform it, you know, uh, you know, rewrite it, augment it, add stuff, take away stuff, and then package it up so that it properly addresses those questions. Now, what would that content look like? Um, and you can do that without doing any user interface. You can just do that. We've done it in like Word documents. And then we show the users that the, the before and after and you can do like a usability lab on the content. No, yeah. no UI, no search, none of that stuff. Just how does this yeah. content address your questions versus that this content? And that can really, you can come back with numbers and go, look, this is the impact of just changing the content. Now let's imagine what it, we, what it would happen if we layered SEO and UI design and, and all that good stuff on top of it. That's another thing that you know you can start doing next week, and that will help you, uh, uh, you know, be relevant and uh, be successful when you do go into the metaverse or to whatever other you know things that may come come up in the future. But that's what that's that whole content. Well, of course, it's always user first, but you know, model first, uh, content structure first approach, um, so that we don't end up just pouring things in, you know, pouring content in a container. Into a visual then design, then it becomes becomes a container it, itself. The content is the the container in a way. So, yeah, that's that's what inspires us, um, and I think that's also where we're focusing on, so that we we start preparing you know, for these kinds of experiences. And again, metaverse is one part of the whole you know experiences that, that we are developing for uh, people. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're just coming on time now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, you, you uh, coming back to how we originally kind of met and how this got kind of got, we got inspired to have you on the on the podcast. You you placed into the into the um, the conference Slack discussion some questions uh, inspired by Chris Arkenberg. 
so I wanted to ask you a little bit about who Chris Arkenberg was, what, you know, how you got inspired by him, why you found it memorable, engaging, uh, and what, what uh, and I'm gonna, I want to bring up some of those questions in a second, but a little bit about that Chris Arkenberg and what that was all about. Well, it was, this was like, I think 10 years ago, or yeah, around ago. that, around, around that time, yeah, so, and he, he was one of the, um, uh, like, technology um, and computing guys that I was following online, I, I saw his article, um, um, I think it's from, uh, if I remember correctly, breaking open the cloud, heads in an augmented world. Is what I put in my blog then, because I and I saw that you know and I started blogging about it, and I just like the way that he was posing questions around um, usability and you know human usability and um, how technology should you know be follow following the how we evolve you know evolution uh, from that perspective, and I found that so so interesting. All of those kinds of things, and yet we're talking about you know like. Um, more about technology and I know you know some a lot of the other articles before were just focus on the tech itself but he was making that connection to human evolution so I, I really like that part right well there's the, that was I think the 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 question that I wanted to kind of bring back to you is the question you you posed in the in the group how are these uh these technologies in line with the deeper evolutionary needs the human the needs of human beings and I'm interested in your yes. thoughts on that to, to take us home here yeah well you know especially like with extended mixed augmented reality all of these metaverse um it's not just you're not just you know experiencing things uh you know on a screen interface it's going to be a lot of blending uh with where you are exactly and what you know at your here and now and um yeah so just thinking of um how is this experience going to affect the way i feel or how no, do, does it make me dizzy? Am I going to feel tired or confused if I start um, being in these kinds of experiences? Because I know, like, um, that's because that, you know, how does it make the, make me feel? Um, so all of that, all of those things, you know, emotions and, and, and physical um, conditions, and to, con to be considering that more, um, and knowing how things work, you know, in in your physical spaces, I mm -hmm. think that's so important. From the human, like the evolutionary side, I would say I'm more. I was also more just interested more on the, like the seeing, or the the way we look at things, and the like the. Um, I also read somewhere around the pleasure of spectatorship. That mm. this, you know, with these kinds of realities, it's it's based on the fascination for the the, the visual, and and if 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 that's the case. Will that, will that, will that help us um, be better humans? Mm. I think you can have, you know, you can answer that in many ways. I think, it, yeah, it will empathy, but it can also be like, does it does it mean that we're just looking at the surface of things because it's just the visual aspect? And how will that help? I guess with accessibility, for example, these are all these questions I'm asking. I don't, mm. I don't know the answers, but that's why I thought, you know this whole discussion on, on the metaverse and how it really affects us as humans it brings those questions up um yeah i think i had a very interesting experience talking about the metaverse um i i teach a, i teach a in a master's uh degree program at the university on content strategy and uh the last day of the last 
um, on, on the physical session where we actually got together with the students, I, I did a, I did an hour on the metaverse at the end of the day. And it, it was amazing. And it was, it was great and beautiful in a way that I almost couldn't get through the points I was trying to make because the, mm -hmm. the students were so interested in uh, equity and accessibility that, yeah. you know, like, how can we make this, how can we make sure that everyone is able to participate? How can we make sure that this yeah. is uh, available and, and designed properly for everyone, which is, uh, you know, I um, am not taking away from the importance of those questions, but it is, it's so, it is so much part of the way that we are, uh, especially the younger generation of content professionals are, are driving how they design things. It's so uh, present. Yeah. Um, and it's um, what I kind of got to was that it it's the same questions as we have for the internet. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. a video is a video. A podcast is a podcast. So you there's there's only there are ways that you can make the content that's in a podcast accessible mm -hmm. to someone who has challenges with, for example, uh, the hearing sense or a video to someone who has cha challenged with a visual se visual sense, but okay. you're always providing them an in, you're providing them an inroad, which is suitable for their uh, situation. Yep. You cannot make a video, not a video, and you cannot make audio, not audio. So there's a limit, like we can make the experience accessible and the content accessible, but there's no way to make something that inherently is one way and can, can is is designed and exists to stimulate that sense available to someone who doesn't have that sense it's not part of their reality so it's not about uh you know it, it's the it's the same accessibility discussion extends yeah. into the metaverse um it's not a i don't think it's a whole new accessibility discussion um the uh the what you say about how it supports human needs i i think i I am very inspired by that question to, to look at something where, you know, there's a lot of research about how young people are actually saying social media is hurting me. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're, they are saying, you know, that this, you know, I, I, I'm addicted, I can't get off it, but it makes me depressed. Like when we were kids and we played video games all day or we watched too much TV, you know, our parents had to pry us off of it. We never kind of walked in and sadly said, you know, I played yeah. too much Super Mario today. I'm getting depressed. Like it's it's different. It's not. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are tempted to go. Oh yeah, well we had screen addiction when we were kids. It's a different thing. Yeah. Um. And the metaverse will be a different thing again. And we have to be we have to be sensitive to that. It will have negatives which are new, and it will, I think will also have positives that are new. That yeah. it will by bringing back uh, live 3D multimodal multi-sensory experience rather than mm -hmm. text which i think has you know inherent problems uh mm -hmm. as a way of interfacing with our with our communities and with the world it brings back more reality in a way you know because it because it is multimodal because it's multi-sensory yep. it's more like real interaction like if if you've never been in the metaverse, it's hard to say, but I can tell you, even if you're, if, even if you're going in and talking to someone's avatar and that avatar is a giant chicken, saying to someone's giant chicken face, <laughs> something that you would tweet in a text is not the same. Yeah. Like yeah. to see their body language reaction, to be in a physical room 
you know, to, for, to have them to kind of be able to kind of like, if you turned away for them to be able to walk back in your space and go, what did you say? Like, yeah, you can, it will change, I think, for the better, uh, he, that kind of interaction, because we, we're taking away the wall of safety that text creates um, and the yeah. anonymity of asynchronous communication. So I think there's lots of beautiful things which by bringing, by being more ergonomic and being more about uh, extending real human senses into the digital world, it will bring back things that we, we've lost um, with the internet and with social yeah. media. That's, that's, that's a great reflection because it's, as you said, it's multi-sensory. So there are many ways of expressing yourself. Whereas indeed, if you're bound to a only uh, words, you know, only to one thing. Uh, I mean, that has its own not only uh, words, text, beauty. text, because it's text. different. Text. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah, text is a technology. Words, words are our words, but text is a technology we've invented to capture them and, and communicate them in a in a particular way. Right, and 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 now we kind of mix that actually, like text yeah. and words. Something, but because and and there's a bit, this is going a bit sideways, but. You know, there's this tendency to make things more concise, more, you know, shorter, which I feel sometimes it's a bit tyrannical um, because some things need to be, you know, need to time to um, to evolve and for you to understand. You will not understand something right away, and that's okay. But mm -hmm. now that you're saying, indeed, the difference of text and words, that you know, that that I can relate more in into. Yeah, we need better design that not not just text other ways to bring the experience get the senses uh, other senses into it and of course we cannot do that like just on a page but with something like a metaverse then that's possible then the whole gaining a deeper level of understanding and making you know enriching the meaning uh, of things around us it actually would help that. I, I, I still have that, yeah, positive uh, view on that. Fantastic conversation. I had so much fun. Uh, I just want to close us off and say, I hope everyone had a, a really uh, uh, engaging conversation. Uh, we would love to hear your comments. It, you know, please do like and subscribe on, on whatever channel you're hearing this on. Tell your friends, of course, share um, and check out omnichannelx.digital for more. Uh, this is an exciting time. You know, I think we're seeing the rise of a new medium um you know like like in the a uh, hundred years ago when you were seeing the rise of film for the first time and then film became film with audio with color and then with audio um uh actually other way around <laughs> audio and then with <laughs> audio and then with color so we we're, we're we're in the same way that we've seen whole industries specialisms types of artists <laughs> rise with that new medium we, we are seeing the new same thing again and we'll see in the same way that um uh, different medium displace others. The metaverse will become its own thing, and we'll have uh, you know we'll have a whole new language and, and set of skills that come with it. But our skills today as content people will will be transportable. Understanding user experience, understanding user needs, uh, yeah. storytelling, and then on the technical side, you know, metadata design, content modeling, uh, database design, uh, systems integration, all that stuff personalization, analytics, uh, all, all, all will, will, will still be just as true and just as important. So I want to thank uh, you so much, Timmy, for joining us today. It's been fantastic having you. It's um, my pleasure. I'm so glad we got to have you. Maybe we'll have you back one day uh, and uh, maybe with one of your colleagues and we have a wider discussion. 
yes, we, we love we love to we love to continue that conversation. And thank you so much, you know, for for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure, and uh, I hope I, I hope and assume that I'll see you at Omnichannel this coming Omnichannel X. We're gonna be there. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, awesome. So thank you to everybody, um, and I uh, hope you had a good episode. And uh, let us know what you think um, via comments, via email, uh, via whatever medium you like, because uh, we're uh, of course we're all about the Omnichannel. Hello, everybody. So that's the end of part two of this conversation with Timmy Stope Akala from uh, IKEA. Uh, do let us know whether you prefer the longer format, uh, full conversations, or um, cutting it down to shorter format. You can get in a more bite-sized chunk. Uh, let us know via omnichannelx.digital, uh, via the contact us, or uh, YouTube comments, or social um, LinkedIn or Twitter. So we're happy to uh, also know who you'd like us to talk to next, and we hope we see you at this year's Omnichannel X conference. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.